You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 209. In this episode, I'm speaking to Amanda Bond on why your Facebook ads are not working. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Amanda Bond, who is the owner of the Ad Strategist and creator of the Strategy System. Entrepreneur Magazine calls her the Facebook advertising genius and social media examiner named her the brightest mind in Facebook advertising today. I call her Bond. And in this episode, she shares with us the three biggest reasons why your Facebook ads are not working as well as they could. Go to signal.com forward slash 209 for the show notes. And there you also find links to Amanda Bond and her Facebook ad system. I'm so excited to be here with Amanda Bond to talk about Facebook ads. And I was one of the lucky few to still be able to work with you towards before you kind of went into not working one-on-one with people anymore. So Amanda, thank you for being on the show. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited that we actually got to do this after meeting in person finally, right? We know all these people on the interwebs, but it's so good to just hug people in real life. So I was pumped to have that opportunity. Yes, I was glad to see you at that party in San Diego. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I typically do. I meet someone finally live. I'm like, ah, will you come on my show? Uh, so uh, that's how we ended here. It's been a while. It's July as we're recording this and we met in March. So yeah, it's taken us a while, but we're here finally. And we, we're here and we are to talk about what else than Facebook ads. And uh, you became somewhat of a Facebook ad celebrity, could we say? Oh my gosh, I've never actually heard it said that way. So like, am I fangirling myself right now? Am I like blushing? Is this happening? Yeah. Well, I'm wearing red already, so it can't get more red than this. Perfect. I'm just on brand now for your podcast. Yes. So kind of like your name started to pop up everywhere uh, in terms of if you really want to scale, if you really want to learn how to run Facebook ads efficiently, especially with automated funnels. Bond was the girl. Bond. Bond girl. (laughs) So how did that come about to just go a little bit in the background before we start to talk about actually the ads themselves? How I got to that point was first off, I didn't just learn something about Facebook ads and turn around and teach it to other people. I was in the trenches spending hundreds of thousands of dollars figuring it out and then taking those lessons that I learned and turning around and saying, here's how you cannot make those same mistakes. And so the reason that you started hearing my name over and over again was because I lo- I made a lot of strategic investments 
in the business to make that happen. Whether it was going to conferences and meeting the right people and trying to do it on purpose very specifically, or it was just putting myself in the right time and right place, asking for connections, referrals, investing in masterminds, all of the success that I have with my business really comes down with zooming out. So like not just being in the trenches running Facebook ads, but zooming out and asking myself, what impact do I want to make in this industry? And how can I do that strategically so that my time spent is the most impactful possible? And every, like a lot of people say, like you had a meteoric rise, but I always like to remind them that the first year of my business, I invested every single dollar of profit back into that growth and back into that opportunity. It was about spending astronomical amounts on masterminds. It was about creating those relationships. And so I didn't take home any profit. Heck, for the, for the first two years of my business, it all went back into funding the person and the business that I wanted to become through that progress. And it's really paid off over the long run. That's so smart. And I'm so happy that you're sharing this and so enthusiastically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I am a big believer in you need to know where you're going, like have a vision. And I am also like invest everything back to the business. And that's why I've done a little rant about people who say, oh, yeah, profit, how profitable. Like, it's not necessarily supposed to be profitable in the beginning, because if you invest back, your business is paying for those conferences and for those masterminds. So the business is not supposed to be profitable. You, you know, you're not going to build a big business or be very successful if you take everything out and just start to live life. No. Think about how you and I met. We met through a mastermind that you were in with somebody else who was also a part of that mastermind. So those connections might not be direct connections when you invest in uh, upper level year long mastermind or with coaching. It might not be directly in that little pod that you meet people, but everyone that you network with, everything that you do and you're learning is always opening up doors that are like connect the dots. And so we met because you made an investment into that mastermind. And the reason that I knew that person from your mastermind was because I made an investment into their program a few years prior. And so looking back, everything connects and everything makes sense. But as you're starting a business, you're right. You do hear a lot of people talking about like profit, profit, profit. And it's like, okay, in the first few years of business though, you're creating this asset and to create this asset, to create that network, to become the person that runs that seven figure business, there are steps that you have to like slow down and invest in yourself and invest in the business first. I'm like such a big believer in that. So like I could just scream it from the rooftop at all times. <laughs> we could make a totally separate episode on yeah. that. <laughs> but yeah, so you had made these investments, you were connecting with the right people and suddenly you were in a position where people are just screaming your name and saying, oh, you got to connect with her. But when you say you spent hundreds and thousands of dollars, which companies were you working for? Like they were not in this particular industry, not online entrepreneurs. Was that outside? No, actually they were. So a bunch of my niche when I was running Facebook ads. And in fact, I actually do take on one consulting client at a time where I work very intimately to scale them uh, from seven figures to eight figures now. 
And so those clients are all in the information marketing niche, the info marketers, the online entrepreneurs. The thing that they have in common is they all have some type of digital sales funnel with like a digital fulfillment, whether it be a mastermind or a digital product or membership. Those clients over time that I worked with, they started off spending $3,000 a month and then they went to 5,000 and then they were up to 13,000. And now the clients that we work with spend hundreds of thousands of dollars because they've stuck with it year after year after year after year. It's not necessarily the newbies that I just start working with that are spending at that rate. It's the people that have been in business serving their audience from their heart for the last like eight years, 10 years who are now at this place that they're really able to scale because they have their fulfillment dialed in. So that's where the hundreds of thousands of dollars spent. I think in March, we spent about 190K on a launch that did uh, multiple seven figures. And then we also have a framework that we teach that simplifies Facebook advertising that our clients are using for their businesses. They're the ones running ads and we have clients spending up to seven figures a month on ads using that framework. So lots of information that you're able to glean through that. And then I can turn around and say, here's the lessons from that data, not just hypothetical or hypothesizing what I think might happen. It's like, oh no, here's the ad spend and what did happen. And that's what I love sharing with people. So my audience is probably not spending that kind of money. And so they're like, oh no, this episode is not for me. So yes, this episode is still for you because we're going to take the lessons from these big spenders and see what is going on with those starting out with Facebook ads and they get stuck and they don't see the ads working. They don't understand why it's not working. What is the first thing they should be looking at? Okay, well, I'm going to just kind of rant on here's why your Facebook ads aren't working, but let me just put your mind at ease for a moment. It's not necessarily your targeting that's broken or it's not your copy or your creative. It's not these simple things. It's likely your Facebook advertising strategy. And what I'm going to share throughout the rest of this episode is actually to slow down because you might not even be ready for Facebook ads at the level that you think you are. So here's Bond's permission to really look and ask yourself, is Facebook ads the exact right thing for me right now? Or are there other more cost-effective ways that I could be doing this for the point I am in my business right now? I always think of it one of two ways. You either pay with your time or you pay with your money. So it's like you're out there because you don't have the cash flow to invest into Facebook and you're doing the organic hustle. You're connecting with people. You're going deeper with your audience. You're blogging. You're getting on podcasts. You're doing the interview side. Or you're doing the Facebook ad, and not or, but like and or as you go. However, when you're testing, or you can test it with your money and do the testing with Facebook ads. As you're getting started, typically though, 
the biggest insights come when you pay with your time. They come from getting in the trenches so that you can better understand your clients. They come from having those like real life conversations with people so that you then know what to say in your Facebook ads when you do go to start running them. So I just wanted to preface that, you know, we talked about hundreds of thousands of dollars in Facebook ad spend and people doing millions with these frameworks, but it starts with slowing down and zooming out and really just getting clear. Am I ready for Facebook ads? And a question that I always love to ask people is, are you ready for a Facebook ads manager or are you just saying that you think you might be because that's the trend right now, right? Like a lot of people give up their power when it comes to Facebook ads because they think it sounds hard or they think it's too complicated. So they just say, oh, I have to have an ads manager. I know that Facebook ads is going to be the thing that gets my business to the next level. And I just caution people to like slow down, ask yourself, is that really true? Or am I just almost giving my power away by saying that this ads manager is going to be the magic thing that gets you to that next level? Does that make sense? Yeah, basically the business needs to be working without ads. Yeah. First. Yeah. Your offer needs to be dialed. Yeah. You need to know your ideal client and you need to be able to sell your offer without any ads. And I also, I'm a big believer in knowing how the ads work before you outsource them. And people also tell me, yeah, I want a Facebook ad manager. Say, Are you willing, you know, and ready for that kind of investment? And typically when I tell them what a good Facebook ad manager costs, they're like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. No, exactly. And you have to ask yourself, do I have the information and knowledge to have the right type of conversations to really make sure that I'm getting the best return from my investment with an ads manager? If you have no idea what's happening with ads, you're going to be at the mercy of somebody being like, oh, the audience is maxed. Oh, your funnel's not working. So it's important to understand Facebook ads, maybe not tactically, maybe you don't need to understand each individual little nuance of ads manager, but you do need to understand how they apply to your business, what you should be doing at each stage, and really what's needed to ramp things up so that you can help your ads manager problem solve along the way. Like that's who has the most success when they hire the Facebook ad side out. But going back to your original question, like what keeps people from scaling? What keeps people from getting the success? Like why aren't your Facebook ads working? We really reflected on this when I shut down the agency side of the business and it came down to three very simple things that we were seeing people do over and over again. So the first one, and this is probably the most common for newer businesses. I like to say your audience is maxed the truck out. Okay. So <laughs> it's maxed the truck out. What happens is new business owners, they spend time building and cultivating that audience, right? Like it's growing over time. Your email list is growing. Your Facebook page fans are growing. Your Insta profile has more followers. Your website's getting more traffic. All of that starts happening at the beginning of their business and then they learn to sell. <laughs> and so people then have a launch or they introduce a new product and it sells. It sells like gangbusters because they took the time to cultivate that audience in the beginning. So 
They're starting to see that success rise. They launch and then it goes quiet and crickets again. It's like, okay, we got to do this again. So they try and launch a second time and then maybe it does okay. It's likely not as big as the first launch because most people are forgetting to do those actions that ramp up their audience like they did for possibly months or years before they learned how to sell to that audience. So the biggest thing that we encourage people to do when they start running Facebook ads and when they learn how to generate leads and grow that email list and then sell to them is don't forget to do the audience growth aspects behind the scenes. Like continue to grow your retargetable video views audience. Continue to grow your website traffic and your email list and those that engage with you on your Facebook business page and your Instagram business profile. Like, Don't stop doing the things that got you success in the first place once you know how to sell to them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it in your masterminds and with the people that you work with. It's this point in time where they're like, okay, I'm going to sell something. And then they have the formula for selling. And then they just do it over and over and over again until it stops working. Yeah. Until the list has been sold out or, you know, it's everybody who's bought who wanted to buy in the first place and the growth stalls and they see the email list. Well, they add some to it, but it basically stops at a certain point and the list doesn't grow. Yeah. So this is a typical kind of a growth uh, phase, uh, let's say not, they're not growing, but, uh, I guess that's a hump that business owners have to get over. And then they realize they're mystique and they can move forward. Absolutely. And the hump usually happens when the business owners are going from launch to launch and they don't build any predictability into the business with other offers, some evergreen opportunities so that the revenue can be more consistent. Because when your revenue is a little bit more consistent, you can consistently spend on audience building ads, lead generation ads that start the sales process and then sales retargeting ads. It's important to not do launch, 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 go dark, right? <laughs> and then disappear. And then a month or two weeks before you launch again, list build, list build, list build, launch, 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 go dark. Like that is what we don't want to be doing. So that's the first problem that we see people having when it comes to scaling their ads. The solution is just building predictability and continually growing your retargetable audiences. The next thing is all about, honey, you have your numbers all wrong right? Like this is where advertisers are saying to themselves, Hey, I know that that influencer got leads for $2 and 50 cents. So I'm going to get leads for $2 and 50 cents and I will not pay a cent more than that. Right? Like there's two ways to think of it. I like to think of ads as you can think of it in expansive metrics, or you can think of it in really fear-based metrics where if you're thinking only of your cost per lead, let's say your cost per lead is $5 that you want to spend up to. Well, you can only make that $5 go down so much before it can't go down any further, right? Like $5 might be able to go down to $4.27 and then $2.87, but like it gets a point where you really can't get your leads cheaper than that. And really, why would you want to? But on the flip side, the more expansive metric to look at is what is that lead 
worth to my business. It's really important to understand what your earnings per lead are, which can be a very expansive number. It could be, hey, our earnings per lead are $40 or $60 or $120. It's much easier over on the expansive side to really grow that number than it is on the fear-based side of like, oh shoot, we're going to reduce these by a dollar or two right? The time and effort that you spend trying to get a dollar or two cheaper leads, if you just redirected that to getting more customers to make a purchase decision or helping people overcome their objections or really just nurturing them through the sales process, your earnings per lead can grow exponentially. So it's important to know how much revenue you're making per person coming into your sales process or your sales funnel. And most people are just focusing on how much it costs. So like if your earnings per lead are a hundred dollars and you're over here trying to get $2 leads, well, you've got a lot of wiggle room. You could be spending up to $20 per lead and still be really profitable. So it's important to like ask yourself, Hey, what are the numbers that I need to be tracking and am I doing that right along the way? Yeah, makes total sense. And the question comes up again and again because people somehow had the idea $1, $2 and they're just looking at that number. No, you have to look at it in relation. I think in our, our recent launch, we were going up to $8 and being totally fine with it because we had over $100 earnings per lead. Yeah. And that's where it gets fun. And that's where you can outspend your competitor. That's when it's easy to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a month because you know how much each one of those people that are converting for $8, $15 are actually worth to the business. On the flip side of that one though, a lot of people, their earnings per lead are less than their spending per lead. So each lead they're buying and bringing into their business, they're losing money, right? Like there's a lot of advice out there to build a list and sell them something. I believe that's backwards. I believe that you need to really dial in your offer understand if you can sell it and then go out and attract people through Facebook advertising that way. Because if your earnings per lead aren't there, you're not profitable enough to even invest in bringing new people into the pipeline at this time. So that's definitely a mistake you want to avoid as well. What do you think about Tripwire, just getting your costs covered before that next launch that is maybe happening two, three months out? Yeah, it's like I have multiple opinions of Tripwires depending on so many business variables. But if it makes sense for you in your business and it feels good, it's a thing that could lead to the next product that you have in the pipeline. Uh, it's a great way to liquefy ad costs. There's definitely an opportunity to experiment with them. We've had a lot of great client success with Tripwires. The only thing is if you are selling a Tripwire, after about six months or so, definitely analyze if it's having any impact on the next product that you have in sequence. I definitely want you to take the time to say, hey, we've liquidated our ad costs up front, which is really helping us with cash flow right now. However, what's the impact on this for the business as a whole? Because I have done that analysis for some people. Some people it helps, some people it hinders. So just make sure that you're taking time to press pause and really analyze that afterwards. 
That's true. If the products are not well enough aligned, or maybe if someone buys a product, you know, for a certain price as a tripwire, they may not want the second product because they feel they're served. Yeah. Or it might be too much information. So they never finish the tripwire and therefore they are getting like course backlog in their head. And so they're not willing to take the next step because they're feeling guilty of themselves not finishing the first one. There's lots of factors to consider. But I do want to give you like giant praise for this problem because you've got your numbers all wrong aspect. You are so ninja at tracking things. So I just want to like give praise where praise is due. I loved seeing how in-depth you analyze things, not only when you're currently launching something, but really tracking them through the next stages to say, hey, they came in for this launch over here, but it also equated to this sales over here. So really kudos for focusing on those expansive metrics so that when you Facebook advertise, you're not afraid of those $8 leads because you know the actual earnings per lead of things. And the beginning, we did this manually. We did this manually through our email system. It's easier when the launches are small. It would be more difficult today, but you can manually track. Somebody came through a freebie and bought a tripwire. And then, you know, a month later, they bought a mastermind. You know, that's the data you were talking about. And that really helped us in future launches. And now, now you can also pretty much do this automatically in Facebook all the way through. But when I was doing this manually myself, I don't think Facebook had that feature yet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they had that yet. But now you can basically track it towards the end. Yeah, I love that. There's so many things that you might not realize lead to the sale down the line. And so we have such fun creating ads that you don't actually think are ads for our clients so that they nurture people through this customer journey. So it's not just like you scroll in your newsfeed and you see Sigrun for the very first time and she's asking you to opt into a webinar and then you never see her again. It would be like, okay, we're going to warm them up. We're going to put some indoctrinating content in front of them. Then we're going to ask them to make a micro commitment and join that webinar. Then we're going to nurture them through that process. And then once they enter into the sales phase, we're going to really help them make an educated decision instead of just like sell, sell, sell to them. And so our ads that we have the most fun with, we call stealth ads where we don't actually include the typical ad image, that 1200 by like 628 ad image. It's just text-based ads that are optimized for conversion, optimized for purchase, optimized for leads. And so in the newsfeed, it looks like your friend is putting a post out versus a business trying to sell you something. And we have some real fun with those ads. Super smart. So we were at two points already. There was a third one. The third one. This one happens to be my favorite. It's you're running ads, but the random AF. And I have to say that I was guilty of this when I first started my ad journey. I was that person that used to boost posts for a dollar a day back when I was a social media manager. So yep, I did that. You know, now, now it's much different, but I started there but I was guilty of being that person who went to a blog post and learned about a new ad format and then just step-by-step step went and copied that ad format. A new blog post or a new webinar comes out that teaches me something. I just mirrored and implemented that. 
What I didn't do was step back and say, how does this actually serve my customers? How does this actually serve the sales process, the customer journey that I have in place? Or am I just creating accidental ads? Ads in a silo that are tactically strong because you've learned them from somewhere else, but really don't serve your customer journey. And so with that being said, it's important to, again, I'm all about slowing down and zooming out and asking yourself, what does your customer journey look like with Facebook ads? And the way that we break it down, it's three simple phases, connect, which is branding, commit, which is lead generation, and close, which is sales retargeting. So connect is to grow your retargetable custom audiences. So that's like doing video views ads and page post engagement ads. Then commit is all about conversion. So getting people into your sales process. And then once those sales people are in that sales process in close, it's all about nurturing them to make a sales decision with our sales retargeting ads. And so instead of just going to a blog post and tactically implementing a carousel ad to messenger, slow down, map it out. How are you connecting asking people for a micro commitment and then closing them when it comes to sales with your Facebook ads. And you might be thinking in your head, like bond, that sounds like a lot of ads that I have to do. Like I just want to set up my lead gen ads. Well, I will let you know that the more touch points that you have with your audience as you're nurturing them towards the sale, the lower the cost to acquire a customer will become because more people have the information that they need to make a purchase decision with you. So let's say a hundred people came to your sales page before implementing those three phases of ads, you might've had maybe two people convert or maybe four people become customers. But when you nurture them, when you create a strategy, moving them through all three phases, then maybe it's six people that become customers or eight or 10 and so the cost to advertise, the cost to acquire a new customer drastically drops. And so those are the three things that we see over and over again that really stop people from scaling. You got to know your numbers. You have to make sure that your ads are fitting in a strategy and you got to stop maxing that audience out and sell, sell, selling to the exact same people. It's about creating that flow of people moving through the business. Well, I'm glad you brought up that example with the blog post because now there is this new feature with Facebook that you can see people's ads. Yes. What do you think about that as a Facebook, you know, as behind the scenes person? The effect could be actually that people start to copy too much and don't really think about the whole strategy. Oh, great point. Can I actually flip it and ask you what you think first? So I don't, <laughs> so I don't make your answer biased. <laughs> <laughs> so... Honestly, I don't care what other people are doing. That's my answer to it. Uh, my Facebook ad manager does not like it because she feels she has created some awesome ads for me and other clients. But I think those who are spending, I want to even say waste time looking up people's ads and think they are learning some magic, I think they might be on the wrong track and I think they might be wasting their time and money. Yep. So I'm Canadian. So we've had that feature for eight months. 
I swear that the first time I looked at it was this week when it came available to the United States. So if an ads strategist who is in there spending all this money on ads hasn't really looked at it yet, that maybe is an indicator of my opinion on it. However, I'm not just making personal decisions. We do have some tests that we're doing in terms of trying to see if there's valuable data to be mined from it, essentially. And so we're performing some tests for clients right now where we're analyzing their competition and we're also comparing it to their organic elements to really see what's happening behind the scenes to analyze if there is market opportunity. Now, I don't have the results from the study that we're doing yet, so I can't speak to it more. Just know that I'm in there testing, but from a data standpoint of seeing, will this information really make a difference? And if you're spending $100 a month on Facebook ads, you're probably not going to get the data that you're looking for just by going to the tab one time. Because you don't know if that ad was just turned on. You don't know if that ad's working. You don't know if they're going to turn it off tomorrow because their conversion costs are too high. But track that data over 30 days, 90 days. It might tell a different picture. But is that really what you're going to do if you're not in Ads Manager day in and day out? Probably not. So... That's my answer for now in 30 to 90 days. It might completely change and I might be like, this is revolutionary game changing. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm like, cool. It's the first time I've looked at it this week. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, you know, uh, it's almost, you know, if you think of it's offline, if you could just know and see all the ads that Ford is running offline, let's TV, on car, you know, any kind of, displays all over the world, we would just suddenly get a list of everything. It, it sounds like a weird thing, but I understand why Facebook did it. They got into a lot of trouble for allowing all these political ads and, and that's where it's coming from. But uh, yeah, I think it will serve some curiosity. You know, people will be curious, but I think it will be, this is my opinion again, it will be a phase where people will take a lot of look. But obviously, if you're a Facebook ad manager, you can understand more what's going on and over time and but that takes time again so I don't recommend that the average online entrepreneurs should they can take a look of course to the competition but spending a lot of time on is probably not the best use of your time I've been chatting with friends and teams and colleagues about what are the scenarios that you might use it for? Well, let's say you work for a startup who's looking to get acquired. Maybe this is part of your competitive intelligence to really position yourself. That might be a scenario where you do track your competition over 30 to 60 days and really try and figure out what they're doing, what opportunities are there. But how many of us are in startup phase looking to be acquired in that manner? You know, that's maybe an exception that would look at it. So you just got to ask yourself, is it worth the time? Sure. Stop by and like get an idea of what Amy Porterfield is running. But if you don't do it every day, like I said before, you don't know which ads are working. You don't know which ads they're experimenting with. You don't know which ads just went on or are going to get turned off seven minutes from now because they're not profitable. So 
I just really say it's shiny object syndrome and wait until more conclusive data comes from the people who are actually tracking it and going deeper with it. If they say, hey, it's something to pay attention to after it's been available for a quarter, maybe it's something there. But like, there's going to be somebody who comes out with some type of software that tells you all the data that you need to anyway. So just wait for that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let's do that. So before we close up, what is the latest thing about Facebook besides this? And we have covered this obviously now, but something else that you're excited about, what type of ad or feature that a typical online entrepreneur should be looking into? Okay, well, I already teased this one, the stealth ad, the ads that don't look like ads. You can stand out in your timeline by not being like your competitors. So the exact opposite of what we just said with that tab, you know, you can go there for inspiration, but you're going to stand out if you're just yourself. If you show up with the personality, the image, the brand that you have and just really own it. Don't try and emulate anyone. Don't try and make it look the most profesh ad ever. Go out there and really say, hey, what new creative can I experiment with? What video formats can I experiment with? Hey, let's not even put images in our ads. The reason that I say that is because the CPMs, the cost to deliver a thousand impressions is just increasing year over year. It's getting more expensive to advertise on Facebook, which excites me personally. It might not be so exciting for business owners, but this means that there's going to be a lot of people priced out of the market that won't be able to get results that they're looking for with smaller budgets. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, well, Bond, how is that a good tip for me? I always recommend to people to go back to that problem that we talked about with not knowing your numbers, really take time to focus on your earnings per lead and dialing in your offer and understanding your client. It all goes back to having a really strong and stable business that can support those rising ad costs. Like Sigrun, I know that when the CPMs hit, $50 averages and $60 averages, your business will be able to sustain those price increases because you know your earnings per lead. And if $8 leads aren't scaring you, $12 leads won't scare you. And so it's important to go back to those foundational basics of your business along the way. And then take advantage of cool things like undervalued elements. Instagram advertising right now is undervalued compared to Facebook. So that means go experiment with that platform. The CPM of reach Instagram stories ads, the lowest that I've had, the cost to deliver 1,000 impressions was 34 cents. That is insanity. Like even though it was reach, it still had the swipe up feature and it might not be as an engaged segment as putting it in front of people who are most likely to convert. However, 35 cents is a hundred times cheaper than the average CPM cost to deliver a thousand impressions over on Facebook right now. So know your strategy, go back to your business basics, really focus on that earnings per lead and serving your customer to grow that. And then be yourself and look for those undervalued ad segments. Perfect. This is a perfect ending to a fabulous episode, Amanda. Thank you so much for being on the show. We will, of course, link to you in the show notes. 
uh, so people can find you online. And thank you. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute blast. Go to sigrun.com forward slash 209 for the show notes. And there you also find links to Amanda Bond and her Facebook ad system. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.